At Jewelers Mutual, we're a little obsessed with jewelry. Obsessed like auctioneers with talking fast. 50, we're going to Pop stars with auto-tune. And dentists with asking questions. So, how did he propose? After they've put their hands in your mouth. Great. Yes, we've made jewelry our obsession for over 100 years. We love it so much, we named our kids Ruby, Amber, and Opal. Venti soy latte for Opal? At Jewelers Mutual, we insure jewelry and only jewelry. Which is why people who are also obsessed with jewelry trust us with theirs. Blog Talk Radio. Shirts Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio. My name is Russell Hartman, and I'm your host, as always. Joining me this week in the co-host chair is Mr. John Luke Shapiro, whose lovely voice you just heard on our awesome intro. And our third host this week is not Kevin Krupe, it's not Mr. Zach Chair, but we have a very very special guest with us this week. He is one half of the Under Review podcast with Mr. Stat Boy Steven. Please welcome to the Forever Blue Shirts Radio, Mr. Greg Sirico, who most of you know as Brooklyn Sports Guy. What is up, Greg? Hey, what's up, guys? How's everything? Uh, not bad. Uh, I just ran back from uh, you know teaching a class, so I just wanted to get back in time for you guys. Well, thank you for joining the show, man. It means a lot that you're on. So, J.O., what's going on, buddy? How's everything? Hi, Russell. Thank <laughs> you very much for the kind words. Welcome, Greg. <laughs> Glad to have you aboard. <laughs> I'm good. Well, glad to be here. Awesome stuff I'm gl- today. I can't I'm glad wait. you're good because, J.O., I've been telling you for weeks now that we were saving the Eric Carlson talk. And now, today... <laughs> You finally, finally get your chance to talk about Eric Carlson. But that is our second topic of the day because there's more pressing news we have to discuss. And that is the fact that John Davidson is now officially the new president of the New York Rangers, which is possibly one of the best things that could have happened once Glenn Saylor decides to step down. J.D.'s back where he belongs. He's home. This beloved figure in Rangers history led them to the Stanley Cup Finals in 1979, was an amazing broadcaster for them for, you know, he was part of the organization for 28 years, and now he's finally home. It's amazing. Greg, first time on the show, man, you get to go first on this. What does the hiring of John Davidson mean for the New York Rangers going forward? Uh, well, a couple of things. I think, I think there's some nostalgia there. Um, you know, all of us are big Ranger fans, so a lot of us, you know, remember J.D. from – a long time ago. I mean, some of us would go back to, you know, the seventies, remember him there. I'm not that old, but, um, you know, guys remember him from, you know, you know, in the booth from the nineties. I mean, like he's just, he's just a legend in the New York Ranger uh, organization. So having him back has that nostalgia factor, but I think the bigger factor is what he's able to do with the St. Louis blues and what they will do to Columbus blue, uh, blue jackets. People forget like when he went to St. Louis, that place was an absolute tire fire. 
I mean, they were basically, you know, one step away from folding the entire franchise. And look where they are today. They're in the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, he's got a stamp on where they are today. Um, so that's a huge check mark for me. Then he goes over to Columbus, and they could never get over the hump, and they finally do. I mean, yeah, it's only one playoff series win, and yeah, I wish they would have probably went seven games against the Boston Bruins. That would have been pretty awesome. But, you know, the Boston Bruins were the, the class of the East, and they went toe-to-toe with them. So there's a lot to be said for what he's done for these organizations um, and, and the, the, the talent pool he's built, the culture of winning, um, the, the commitment level. Um, so I think those are the things that I'm most you know, happy about what he's going to bring to this organization is a lot of attention to preaching patience and understanding that when you go through a rebuild, it's going to take some time. You've got to get the right people on board. Absolutely. I mean, you can't have someone who's going to come in and want to rush it. And everything J.D. said at his press conference today really drives the point home that, you know, this is what he wants. And this is that the Rangers need to stay the course. I watched the press conference before when I got back from work. And one of the things that stuck out for me the most was he kept he kept preaching how patience and resolve are things that the Rangers management need to focus on now. You need to, and he was explaining how there's a lot of work to still do. There's no shortcuts, and there's going to be a lot of hard work ahead. Just because we might be getting, you know, we're getting the second pick, we're getting another guy at 20. You know, you're getting these guys in like Adam Fox, but it's not going to be overnight. These guys are still young, and you have to remember these are kids. Like whoever we get at number two, whether it's Hughes or Kako, it's an 18-year-old going to play under the brightest lights possibly in the world. Give them time to adjust. Give these kids some time to adjust. And I'm glad J.D. knows that that is what is going to happen with the organization now. So, J.L., we go from J.D. to J.L. J.L., what do you think uh, this means? And, you know, it's it, everyone is just loving the direction. It seems like everything's coming up Rangers, right? Uh, oh, what did you think absolutely. of the press conference, you know, with J.D.? And just what do you think that having him instead of Sather will bring to this franchise going forward into this what is going to be a – hugely pivotal off season. Well, one of the, one of the things that, uh, that was noted was obviously patience. And if you take a look at John Davidson's track record, like, you know, Greg was talking about, you know, it, he took St. Louis pretty much from a tire fire. He took Columbus from a team that was just kind of, you know, middle of the road. You took a look at, you take a look at the way Columbus was, especially after that first round series where they got swept in Detroit. I think it was their first ever playoff series and they got swept in the first round. I think it was like 08, 09. And it always seemed like that team was just always kind of going up in the water and then going back down. So when JD took over, it just kind of seems like it it created some sort of um, respectability amongst the hockey people. And now look, they're arguably one of the better organizations in the league. So uh, patience is, key and I was I was able to watch the press conference at work today I had some some downtime I hope I don't get fired for saying that but uh, <laughs> I uh you know I you know I'm looking at his track record from Columbus and St. Louis and I was thinking to myself as the Blues are in the Stanley Cup final I was thinking how many of the players on St. Louis are actually in the Stanley Cup final uh, on the current uh, team right now and actually it's actually a pretty decent amount actually most of the role players that are you know putting up pretty decent numbers are actually John Davidson players, or he oversaw rather the uh, picks and selection of these players. You got Jordan Bennington in 2011, although that's kind of a different story, but still, 
he, Jordan Bennington, Jake Allen, David Perron, who even though he had a couple of roundabouts coming to and from, obviously he's still, you know, he's back. Vladimir Tarasenko, of course, that's a name that many Ranger fans don't really want to hear for, you know, certain reasons. Oh. McElrath. Oh, um, oh, my God. Joe, you have to bring that up. Joe, you have to bring the memories, huh? Of, of, of course, but look, I, I'll, I'll round it out in a nice way so none of us can get triggered again. Uh, James Schwartz, Alex Petrangelo, uh, Joel Edmondson, who I think is arguably one of the better defensemen on that team, and Colton Pareko, and he was the one that oversaw the trade for Alex Steen. So if you think about it, the organization from going to uh, going from Glenn Sather to John Davidson means that they are going full force on player development. You look at the way a lot of the players have developed in Columbus. You look at the way that a lot of the players have developed in St. Louis, and they have very strong role and skill players on the teams that can last for a very long time. And I think now, and then again, not to knock Glenn Sather. Glenn Sather did his job. Glenn Sather laid out the foundation. But now it's time for him to step off to the side and allow some fresh blood to come in, you know, who has a track record and come in and pretty much, you know, give this team more credibility than it already has. So bringing yeah, in J.D. No, that, that's for sure. You know, bringing in J.D. brings in stability more stability, rather, and focus on development, which is important. Absolutely. And another thing that I'd love to point out about J.D. is that um, he was asked today by one of the reporters at the conference that, um, what, what is it about New York that you love so much? And the word he kept saying was special. And one of the things I love, he was saying that just making the Stanley Cup final sent the city into a frenzy when he was the goaltender in 79. And he was saying to picture winning the whole thing, he can't imagine like what this is going to be like. And to have this guy at the helm, you know, it, it's, it's just, a, it's the, it's the perfect, perfect storm. Like it's amazing to have this guy and Gordon all working together, knowing what they need to do. And the fact that Jim Dolan has given John Davidson the green light to basically do whatever he wants as John Davidson pointed out today. And he's, as he also said, he's just the guy that signs the checks, which I'm very thankful for us because we're not a circus like the New York Knicks are, but that's another story. (laughs) (laughs) So um, point being John Davidson is an amazing executive and he's going to do great things. And I'm sure him and Gordon will form a very nice partnership. Um, Now, you know, don't, can, I, can I say one quick thing? Oh, yeah, Greg, go right ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, think about this for a second. So don't think for a second he doesn't watch that 94 team and, and, and think, think to himself, like, what that would be like for him to have his hand stamped on that, on that, on that trophy as well. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's not important. You watch, you, you know, watch that parade. You watch, you watch, you watch, you watch the, that, that, that team get assembled basically in a year. I mean, they basically assembled that team for one run. You know, oh yeah. Uh, do the job, and and they they sold off their entire future for one cup run. They actually did it, which was a miracle. And <laughs> you know, and and you, and you get to sit there and watch it and say to yourself, you know, I was pretty close. And look how awesome this was. I want that. So there's a little, you know, don't don't think that doesn't sit in the back of people's minds sometimes. Yeah, and I mean, if you want to if you want to look into it a little more down the line, if JD does win it, probably within the next three years, if the Rangers can get it done. That means J.D. and Henrik Lundqvist would both get their names on the cup, which would be something oh, extremely that, that would, special. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would, just, that would be amazing. You know, you get the guy who brought them there in 79, the guy who brought them there in 14, and then ultimately you get – they both have their name on there, and that will be one of the most special moments. Like, I can't even imagine that, but it, it would be – it would be so emotional, and I'm sure we'd all love it. It would be one of those moments that you'd see on in the Garden Concourse in a picture. You know, it would be one of those kinds of things, and it would just be fantastic. 
So obviously we wish the best for John Davidson here. I'm excited to see what he's got planned going forward here, but it's great to know that he's going to stick it, stick this rebuild out and not try to speed things up too much. So JL, I promised you, man, I promised you your day was coming. <laughs> so now I know Greg's been itching to talk about this guy too. So I know I'm, I'm going to be a little bit two on one here, but it's okay. I'll speak my piece when you guys are done here. So JL, you love Eric Carlson. You love of course I plays. do. You think he's going to be? You think that the Rangers have a great opportunity to sign him? Which I, all signs point to this that the Rangers are going to look at it. So, JL, now's your time. Why have all you right. been on the Carlson side of this Panarin Carlson, and now apparently Duchesne is getting injected into this debate too? Why are you on the Carlson side of this debate? Go ahead, my friend. Okay. You have the floor. So, so, okay, hold on. Let me let me fix my suit, fix my tie. Okay. Um. All right. So. First things first, I'm not going to be upset if the Rangers don't sign Carlson, okay? Let me just put that out there, and I won't be upset if they sign Artemi Panarin. I like Eric Carlson, but I'm not an idiot, okay? <laughs> okay, let's just put that, let's just preface that, okay? So, now, why do I want the Rangers to sign Eric Carlson? One of the problems that the Rangers have had over the last couple of seasons is the fact that the defense hasn't really been the defensive, okay? And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Uh it's just kind of been piecework ever since, you know, McDonough started falling off and Girardi started falling off. And, you know, they kind of relied on those guys a little too heavy. And, and you know, they need something to bring some stability back into that back end. And what better player to do so than the one and the only Eric Carlson? Okay, now, I know people will say, hey, he's injury prone, of course, but then everybody in hockey is injury prone, okay? Uh, he's, oh, he's not going to be the same. Okay, listen, watching him play, he is a very special type of player. There, there is a word that goes around not only in our chat, and I'm sure Greg has heard this a million times before from speaking with him, but with, Gre- um, with uh, stat boy Steven, to describe Eric Carlson as generational, and that is absolutely true. If you just sit and watch the way this man plays, I, I, wanna, I, I just want to put out there that this man single-handedly beat the New York Rangers in that yeah, playoff did. series a couple of years ago. He, he did, single-handedly, yeah, he did. He did. He single-handedly, with one leg, pretty much, he single-handedly beat the Rangers on one leg. Now, if the Rangers were to have had a guy like that in 14, or even in 12, or even a couple years ago, or rather if the Rangers had Eric Carlson in the 2017 playoffs, I'm telling you, the Rangers win that series. So, with his generational talent, stupendous skill, awesome passing, the guy can skate well even on one leg. Yeah, people say, yeah, he might be hurt this and that in the fourth, whatever. But he's put up almost 40 points every single season at least, except for about two seasons. One was his rookie season, and his other season was the lockout-shortened season, and he still put up about 14 points, which is pretty good for a short period of time from like February all the way to the end of April. So that being said, why would you not want to have a guy on your team like that? I'm sorry. I People think I'm crazy when I say this. Oh, he's going to hamper the Rangers down the line, this, that, and the fourth. Not to say that I'm going to sit here and give him a Brinks truck full of money, but with the whole Henrik Lundqvist Swedish connection, maybe he comes here on a discount. Maybe so. Either way, the Rangers need somebody on the back end who can transform that whole, that whole, you know, that whole core, offensively and defensively. Someone was saying the other day, Eric Carlson can't play defense. What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, 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 he, I didn't look at that. 
Yeah, he he's arguably yeah, has one of the he has one of the best sticky. He has one of the best defensive sticks in hockey. Just because he's not a big brute guy that's just going to knock everyone over doesn't mean he's not a good defenseman. Someone pointed out yep. his plus minus isn't that great. For goodness sake, he played for the Ottawa Senators. Okay, they're not good. <laughs> okay, they're not good regardless of whether they were okay or not. His he, I, don't, I can't even remember who was his defensive player. Mark Mathot. Okay, decent player, but still, <laughs> Freddie Clayson, I like him, but hey, he's not up to par with him. So you're going to tell me that you're not going to take a chance on a guy who can put up almost 40 points on your back end all because you're afraid he might have one or two injuries? For goodness sake, we signed Mika Zibanejad for five years, and the guy has concussion history, yet we took a chance on it, Okay. So, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little hyped up here. It's just because I, I really think that he is a very valuable asset. Now, a lot of younger Ranger fans don't remember Brian Leach. And I'm old enough to say I remember him towards the end, and I've done enough studying for my Ranger fandom to know Brian Leach and how he was and the impact that he brings that he brought to a team. You know, it's – I'm not saying Eric Carlson's Brian Leach – but the guy's good. <laughs> so you're telling me that you wouldn't want to have a power play of Mika Zibanejad, Vitaly Kratsov, Capo Caco, Kevin Shattenkirk, and Eric Carlson. Come on. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. So you give him a decent contract. I hope that he comes here on a discount, somewhat of a discount, because the Rangers have a lot of cap space going forward. And technically speaking, if they do buy out Brendan Smith, they could technically get both Panarin and Carlson. Okay? Hoop dreams. I don't care. I'm delusional right now, but my point only makes sense as well. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if this team wants to put themselves over the edge, they need a generational player. And if you add Eric Carlson to Capo Caco or let's say Jack Hughes, you know, if anything, but you add that type of stability on the back end, he makes everyone better. Oh, also, too, one more point. I don't want to take up the whole thing. I'm just very passionate about this right now because I'm, this, I'm very close to ordering my Eric Carlson alternate jersey um, online because I'm crazy. But um, you talk about development of defensemen, okay? You know, a lot of the defensemen, a lot of the younger defensemen like Brady Shea, um, benefited from players like a Ryan McDonough and like a Dan Girardi. So what better player to come around and mentor a guy like uh, Libor Hayek or a mentor a guy like Ryan Lindgren or even a Neil Pionk, you know? He's the type of guy that can make everybody else better. Kind of like how Henrik Lundqvist made the Rangers way better than they actually were for the last 10 years. Eric Carlson can provide that stability on the back end. And another th- the reason why that would help the team out was because at the end of the day, you know, not only does it help the defense, but it also helps Henrik Lundqvist. So, do I want Eric Carlson on the Rangers? Yes, I do. All the reasons I listed, I may be a rambling, maniacal, crazy person in the way I just said all my things there. But at the end of the day, he is a, he is a super talented, generational player who can give you 40 points on the back end. You add that to Kevin Shattenkirk, who, say what you want, still a very good defenseman, puts up points on the power play, still very solid. And Neil Pionk or, or Brady Sher, uh, uh, uh Ryan Lindgren, Libor Hayek, you just created a whole. I don't even, I'm not making sense in it right now in my wording here, but you just created the defensive core for the decade. They are that would be an awesome pair or awesome decor. So, do I want Eric Carlson on the Rangers? Yes. On a discount, yes. 
Seven-year contract, I don't know. But either way, I want him in blue. People are going to think I'm crazy. I want my Twitter DMs and, and mentions to blow up because I will go toe-to-toe with anyone who tries to argue against me. That's my piece. Sorry about that. Well, there we go. All right. Well, I mean, J.L., you just kind of said everything, even though, you know, you know, Greg wants to talk about this too, J.L., and you, you just you say everything, but I joke. That was it. You're, you're right. That, I mean, you make very Greg. solid points. So, Greg, please, add on to that. I mean, Don't feel free. He, he, made, he, made such, he made such a good case for it. I almost want to take the opposite side of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, point taken. Yeah, I almost, I almost want to play devil's advocate just for the fun of it. Um, no, the thing is, is that when you think about it, so he, here's how I look at hockey, okay? I look at it in, in the same way I look at football. In, in, in football, you want ball control, right? The same thing is true in hockey. You want puck control. When you have defensemen that control the puck, and the more you control the puck, the less your opponent does. When you have defensemen that are able to control the puck and are able to move it through neutral ice and able to enter the zone, you are a better team. There is just, there's just no math around that. It's just, it's just what it is. When you have defensemen that, are, that you know, they can't skate, they can't pass, and they can't actually enter the zone, you become, well, I don't know, the New York Rangers the last couple of years, really. So <laughs> you don't want Eric Carlson, I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of crazy. Now, do you want Eric Carlson for $11 million over seven years? I'm not sure about that. Like, I, my, my biggest concern, I'm not even concerned about his groin, honestly. I'm more concerned about his, his ankle. That's the only thing that really scares mm-hmm. me. Now, yeah. if his ankle is 100%, I have no problem giving him actually more money for less term. Like, I'll give him 11 and a half over, like, four or five. I have no problem with that because I can always eat the last year or if we, you know, get to a point where there's an amnesty buy, I, I'm fine with that. But the thing is, is, is his talent level is something you're just you're not going to get on the free agency market. And, you, and, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, all these prospects we have, your Keandre Millers, your Adam Foxes, all these other guys, you're, you're dreaming if they're even like half of an hour crosser. It's just, that's just what it comes down to. Now, did we miss the boat in terms of timing on him? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But if you don't want Eric Carlson, I don't understand that. Now, if you say the timing doesn't make sense or maybe you're worried about the injuries, those are valid points and I can get that. But from a talent point point of view, I don't know if anybody doesn't, doesn't want him because it just makes your team that much better. You plug him on your first defensive pair, and everybody else falls into a falls into line, and they can kind of go back to a, a um, um, you know a depth that makes more sense. They're not getting they're not getting um, they're not getting called out on on you know to play defense against certain lines that maybe they're overmatched on, or they get to take their load out a little bit lightly, and they're able to you know. Uh, play a little bit better because they're not, they're not being pressured as much. So it, those things are important. If you don't think that it's, it's, it's a factor that Brady Shea was playing first pair minutes and he's basically in the air, in, 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 you know, he's maybe being asked to do a little too much, it's pretty obvious because if you watch early in the season, he was kind of okay. Then he was terrible for a while, and then he finished the season strong. It's because he's being asked yeah. to do a little too much. Yeah. When you have somebody on your team that puts somebody in their right pecking order, all of a sudden they start playing to their skill set and they develop over their own timeline. So – I'm all for Eric Carlson, um, just depending on the factors, depending on the contract, the timing, the health of his ankle, and then obviously more than anything is if you're going to move him, I actually think you're probably going to try to trade Kevin Shattenkirk. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's a very – I mean, wow. I mean, you guys are making very valid points here. My argument's going to look kind of crazy, but all right, I'm going to – let's go. Let's do this anyway. All right, so I agree with you both in the sense that I would love to have Eric Carlson on this team. There's no denying Eric Carlson when he's, you know, 
when he's playing at the top of his game, is easily one of the two best defensemen in the NHL. I personally think him and Victor Hedman are pretty close in terms of talent, but I can, you know, they're both amazing. Eric Carlson obviously has shown he can be the best defenseman in the world at times. So it's not the talent that bothers me with Eric Carlson. The two things, and Greg, I'm glad you brought it up, is the timing. The timing, I don't know if it's exactly right for Eric Carlson right now. I mean, if they sign him, I mean, that's kind of saying one thing that they're looking to try to get going a little bit and go a little quicker here. And to be honest, I kind of want them to stay at the pace they're going at this rebuild. I mean, they're acquiring a lot of good assets. They're signing a lot of good young players. Let the young kids kind of keep battling it out, right? Let them, let's keep seeing what we have with this. And, you know, I don't necessarily think pushing it forward would be the best idea because if you look at what happened, and I think a good example here, um, Oh, maybe not the best example, but an example, example I can think of where kind of the rebuild went a little wrong was if you look at the Colorado Avalanche when Patrick Waugh was their coach and they had an amazing season when they won the Central and then they signed a bunch of vets, including Jerome McGinley, and then boom, kind of fell out. Bottom kind of fell out right. under there and they just didn't do as well. So, I mean, obviously, you know, Jerome McGinley was further along in his career. He wasn't in the prime, his primal Eric Carlson was, but my point being here is that you don't want to think your team is better than they are yet. And in the case of the Rangers, yes, they're getting a lot of impactful talent. But that's, you know, Kapokako, Vitaly Kravtsov is coming. Um, Zibanejad's going to have another year of, you know, stepping up uh, his game. But point being here is that, you know, you got to let the, these guys develop. Like they're saying, these are young kids that are coming into lineup. We could have as many as three new players in the top six in our forward core this year. And we could have uh, half our defense could change this year as well. There's going to be a lot of shifting around for David Quinn come training camp, preseason. There's going to be a lot of moving pieces, okay? And I, and my whole thing is if you sign Carlson, that's saying something. That's saying, okay, we're pushing on here. We're going to go. We're going to think we're going to be in the playoffs this year. And I don't know if that's I, necessarily I the right decision here. I think that's the opposite of what J.D. said, too. Yeah, that, I, I was just going to bring that up, too. Like, John Davidson said today he wants to stay the course. And you sign Eric Carlson, that's pushing things full steam ahead. Now, can you say that about Artemi Panarin as well? Well, Artemi Panarin's a little younger. Uh, he doesn't have the injury history. And he would slot in immediately on your top line. Um, not to Eric Carlson. I mean, Eric Carlson would slot immediately onto your top D pair. But my perspective is that Artemi Panarin would be a better fit for this team now. Um, he's younger. He's probably going to get a longer deal than Eric Carlson would at this point. And to have someone like that, along with Kako, along with Kravtsov, you know, you're adding three dynamic talents into your top six forward group to go with Zibanejad, Butchnevich, and, um, well, we don't know if Chris Kreider is going to be here now, do we? But uh, point being, that's a huge injection of talent into your top six, and that's a forward core that can hang with almost anyone in the National Hockey League at that point. So, I mean, from my perspective, the timing for Carlson might be a little off. Um, and although you guys are right, you know, if Carlson proves he can help, he's healthy and he passes all the medical stuff, why not? But the ankle worries me still. The ankle worries me a bit. And I just – I don't want it to turn into a contract situation where we're, looking, we're in year f- five or six, maybe even year four, and he's getting injured a lot. That won't look too good down the line. So – I mean, it's all a matter of fact for me is if the guy can – if they can tell if he's healthy and if they can get him to a shorter deal, that's fine. I'm cool with that. Then great, bring Eric Carlson on. But if he's really set on that seven-year max kind of money, I would start turning my head if I was John Davidson to Artemi Panarin. Um, 
because I just think that the fit there would probably be better. And Greg, we were talking about this actually the other day about how Matthew Shane's name is coming up in the rumor mill now. And I know you wanted to talk about this. So please, I mean, I, I think you and me are in the same camp here, how we both kind of don't really want that to happen. No, I just, I just think the timing is wrong. I like for, for me, if you're going to, you know, let's put it this way. Um, I'll, I'll ask you one, one quick question. Absolutely. Would you like, Matthew Shane at seven and a half, or Mika Sabanja at five and a quarter. Mika Sabanja like, at five and a quarter, value? yeah. Yeah, of I mean, you're, you're basically yeah. Mika Sabanja now on the second line. He's a better player at less. I don't know. It just, I think, I, little things like that might not mean that much. But I just don't think that. I don't think Duchesne is a piece that really doesn't make that much of a difference. I think if the I'll put it this way: if the Rangers really wanted to pay seven million for a center, they would have kept. They would have kept Hayes because he makes more sense. Yeah. And they Absolutely. just want to do that. That's a so, great point. Uh, is Hayes is Hayes that much much worse than Matthew Shane? I don't think so. I think Hayes is actually in the same same. I mean, like point production, they're kind of pretty close. So it's like I'd almost rather have you know you know Kevin Hayes and save myself a million dollars than overpay <clears throat> Matthew Shane for another year and change. But yeah, um, I just don't think Matthew Shane makes the most sense. I really don't. I, I'd rather put all my money at, at, at Artemi Panarin. For me, it's you yeah. throw the bag at Panarin. If he takes it, great. If he says. No, I, I want to spend my time in Florida. I'm going to make more money there because of the taxes, and I want to live in South Florida with Bobrovsky. And whatever. Well, fine, all right, that's, that's what you want to do. That's fine. I wouldn't change the course of my plan. I try to get him and slot him up in my top line with Mika Zibanejad, but if I can't do that, I have no problem pressing on. Um, I, I actually think that what's more possible the Rangers might do is something just make a trade for a team that is in a cap flux. Like, I actually think yeah. that makes more sense. I'll give you an example. Uh, Toronto, I know this sounds a little – you know, hyperbole, but, you know, could you make a trade for William Nylander? Because they do need to create some, some, some money down the road. Now, you're going to have to give them a bunch, but that's something I think maybe for the timeline makes more sense. I think when you listen to J.D. and you listen to Gordon, when they say we want younger players, and, and, and even J.D. talked about that today, about how this league is much younger, and guys in their upper 20s are actually kind of at the, not the back end of their career, but they're, you don't want to sign them for seven, eight-year deals. You just don't. Absolutely because not. Yeah, you just so much younger. You see guys peaking now around like 26, 27 years old or they're like best years. And if you're getting guys in their early 30s, that's already getting up there in age. So that's, you know, that's exactly right. And, you know, the rumor for the whole season, you know, you think back, Jacob Trouba's been wanting to get out of Winnipeg for it seems like years now. And, you know, I think if you're Gordon, do you approach Kevin Sheveldayoff and do you tell, do you ask him if, he would deal Jacob Trouba for a package around Chris Kreider, and I absolutely would do that. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but personally, I think that would be an amazing fit for both clubs. I mean, if, if, if I can get if I can get William Nylander for Chris Kreider and like a bunch of other and some other things, I mean, I, I drive Kreider there myself. Yeah, I like Kreider a lot, but like William, I mean, William yeah. Nylander is really good. Like, I don't think people. I mean, he's maybe tearing up the worlds right now too. Up. He's tearing it up at the worlds. He is re- he is really good. Yeah. I watch a lot of like non Ranger games. I watch a ton of Maple Leaf games. The kid is really good. Like he it's, he's not good because he plays with Austin Matthews. He's good because he is good. Yeah, and he's damn good. I mean, I would love to have him in New York. So, JL, you're John Davidson, right? You have to make a decision here. You're talking to Jeff Gordon. You know, you have two offers on the table. You got one from the Winnipeg Jets. You got one from the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? You get William Nylander, or you can add Jacob Truba to the equation, okay? Um, in this scenario, we don't have Carlson or Panarin yet, so don't worry about that. What offer are you? What offer would you ultimately think John Davidson would go with at that point? 
I honestly think he – well, first of all, oh, baby. Okay, got that out. Um, uh, I honestly think they could take the uh, Toronto trade. And the reason why is because Toronto is a little more desperate in the sense of they need to kind of find a way to keep Mitch Marner. The threat of an offer sheet, although it's very low, is still there. And if I think the last time I remember a team offering a offer sheet was I think Philadelphia offered sheeted um, Shea Weber, and that ended up locking him into a pretty crazy contract. But either way, uh, the threat is still there, even if it's minor. Um, and I think Toronto has a little more urgency in trying to keep. You know, they already have Matthews, and they definitely want to keep Mitch Marner because he is. You know, Toronto and and Canada kind of have this bias against, um, you know, they kind of have a, a bias against players who are not from Canada. I, I mean, I'm not trying to point anyone out or cause anything controversial, but in the general attitude, a lot of the way the fans are and a lot of the way they run things, you know, there, there's a little bit of a bias there. They, you know, we can't, can't deny that. So it wouldn't look good on their part to let the good old Toronto boy walk away with a big contract instead of keeping him with, you know, Austin Matthews or, hey, Let's trade this Swede who didn't do so well last season, even though he is insanely good, as Greg said. Um, it would look better, you know, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It would look better, you know, in terms of optics, in terms of the way Toronto would come out. They would they would say, oh, well, you know, I guess maybe Toronto was just trying to clear cap, and, and uh, you know, they, they wanted to keep Mitch Marner at all costs. In that sense, I think they would take that trade more. I wouldn't be against a, a Truba for Kreider deal. Because then that just makes everything, you know, that just makes the back end so much better. You know, if they yeah. do get a true, if they do get Truba, then you know what? Maybe then the Rangers don't get Eric Carlson. And you know what? I'm fine with that because I know Jacob Truba is a very good defenseman. And you put him with like an Adam Fox, uh, who I neglected to mention in my previous rant, but that's what happens when I'm crazy. Um, <laughs> Adam Fox, Brady Shea, <laughs> uh, Neil Pionk, you know, Igor Rykov, you know, Libor Hayek, you know, we all know, we all know the guys. So I think they go more towards the, the uh, the Toronto deal and can I add a, a little bit on on Duchesne because I I'm yeah. very, I, I, yeah. I, whoa, I have I have oh, thank you I have a very uh, <laughs> uh, 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 weird opinion on it I wouldn't I, I I a lot of people think he's I I don't really think he's as good as advertised I'm sorry he is a very solid player yes I think he's a phenomenal player in some aspects but for the contract that he's probably gonna want seven years seven to eight per I don't think he's worth that much money. The fact that the Avalanche got better when he left says a lot. The way that he handled himself in Ottawa, especially with that whole video with the Uber thing and whatever, I mean, it seems like the guy's not really a good clubhouse guy just from the outward, you know, appearances or whatever. So I, I don't necessarily think that would be something the Rangers would want to go down the road for. Now, if Panarin doesn't get taken or if Panarin doesn't sign with the Rangers and the Rangers need some center depth, then okay, fine. But I'm not giving him, you know, seven, seven years, seven, eight per that's ridiculous for a guy like that. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying, I, I mean, that's question, what it comes down to. Thing. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, um, so, I actually think it's more likely. Just to go back to Toronto real quick, I think it's more likely they would go Mitch Marner than um, than William Naylor. I know. I think. I know people think I'm crazy. I just think that I, I think Mitch Marner's situation has made the front office of Toronto a little bitter. I, I think they'd be more likely to, to deal him. Even though they might, even though, and they're going to try to extract as much as they can from from wherever they flip them. But 
I, I could see that happening. They might try to, I mean, because of the restricted free agent, they, I, you know, they're going to try to, you know, just, you know, keep them on the cheap for now until they can kind of free up some cap space if they want to keep their defense. But I think if the right deal comes along, they'd be more likely to move him. That's just, I know, I, I know I'm probably going off the limb, but I think they'd, they'd more, they would be happier to move him in some sense than William Newletter. Well, yeah, and point. I mean, Kyle Dubas, you know, said during the season, I'm not going to trade William Nylander. So, I mean, if you want to save face as an executive, too, you know, the better the better thing would be to trade Mitch Marner. But that's that would be, oh, man, I can't even imagine that. That would be, oh, be crazy. Uh, but, I mean, at that point, then, if you get one of those guys, Canarin becomes an afterthought. And then you work more on the defense. I mean, there's so many routes they can go. But I feel like that's a really good segue. And the next thing I want to talk about was there's so many options that they have this offseason. Uh, I want to say it's as close to, like, a blank slate as you could get on a route for, for what they want to do. I mean, you start out with the entry draft. You're getting two first-rounders at least here. I mean, from there, free agency, they have their pick. These offer sheets, possible trade scenarios. I haven't seen an, a Rangers offseason like this in a long time, if ever, as a fan, where they where anything can happen. I'm not even like you know, no one's sure what this team is going to look like come uh, October, but it's going to be so fun to watch them figure it out. And the Rangers, they might not be amazing next year, but they're going to be amazing to watch. They're going to be fun to watch. There's going to be a lot of skill going around, and these guys are going to start figuring out. And it's it's going to be something special. So, June twenty first, John Davidson, Jeff Gordon, David Quinn step onto that stage in Vancouver. Devils just made their pick, and you know people have been saying on Twitter this has been a huge debate since the world started. Oh no, what if we get Jack Hughes? What if we do get Jack Hughes? Why are people saying this is like this is a bad thing? You're talking about a guy that put up 160 <laughs> points between the United States Hockey League and the USDP this year. You're talking about a guy that broke every single record. He he broke the points record that Patrick Kane, Austin Matthews, Phil Kessel, and Clayton Keller all held at different points. You're talking about a kid that will be a superstar in this league who people have as the, still as the consensus number one overall pick. And there's people out there on Twitter and on other blogs saying, oh, you know, Whoa, what if, what if this guy falls to us in the Devil's Picaco? Well, okay, great. Now you have an elite number one center. You put, and that makes Mika Zibanejad falls to your two spot. That's crazy that's to insane. think that you have that's that. That's insane. That's insane. And then Mika Zibanejad makes, what, five and a half now, right? Now you get Jack Hughes for the next five three years at nine. Yeah. Five and a quarter, yeah, five and a half, five and a quarter. And then you get Jack Hughes for the next three years at 925000 so your your top center and your number two center are making a combined like six million dollars. That's incredible. And if you that's can't a see that, that's mouth and combination. Yeah, that's amazing. If you like, Mika's Evangelist has proven he can handle the load as a number one center. And now you'd be adding a kid who is who is as dynamic as they come, whose skating is second to none in this draft class, who has the who has some of the craziest vision I've ever seen. It can do things at such high speeds. He, you know, the way he handles the puck, the way he gets the passes off, the way he sees the ice and dishes this, it's it's reminiscent of what Connor McDavid does in Edmonton. Now, is he Connor McDavid? No. But at the speed that he does things, it is remarkable to watch what this kid can do. But apparently some people out there would be upset that we'd be getting this kind of player. Greg, why are they crazy, man? Why is it crazy to think that, you know, oh, no, we might get Jack Hughes? What do you have to say to these people? Um, <laughs> they're out of their mind. Uh, <laughs> you are. If, 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 you're, if, 
you're upset at getting um, a hundred point center, just just stop watching hockey. I, I don't want to tell you. Um, but in reality, I think this is what it is. I think a lot of it's just you know, if we're being honest and not trying to make jokes, whatever, a lot of it's just recency bias. You know, you're sitting here, you're yeah. watching the world tournament, and you're seeing highlights of them. So you're salivating at Caco Caco, and you forget the fact that you know that. Jack Hughes just broke Ovechkin's record. You know what I mean? It's just like people forget about little things like that. The guy went on an absolute tear for the last two years. Um, you know, I mean, he's, he's literally it, – it, three years of scouting is not going to negate a, a, a two-week tournament. You're just not. Like, you're, you know, you want to talk about patience. You want to talk about, you know, really having a vision. Well, this is the way you do it. You, you understand that you're scouting the last couple of years. It's still strong. And you, you draft somebody based on – skill set you're not going to base you're not going to draft like well this guy is going to be able to play for us tomorrow so let's take him and then the other guy maybe he'll take another year or two to develop but is a much better player you take the much better player like that you do that oh yeah you know, 10 times out of 10 you just do you you, you just can't say oh well i'm going to take this guy because he can play my lineup next year and then in two years you miss the boat because the other guy's an all-star and the other guy's just okay like you know what i'm saying yeah. not to say the cackle is going to be okay but you can't have that that thought process and i think that some of the fans are just really you know, every time you log on Twitter or you, you watch a highlight video, you're seeing Kako just do amazing things. And don't get me wrong. I think these two kids are one and one A. I think they're super, super close. I think the difference maker is that um, Jack Hughes has a much, much higher ceiling. If he hits oh, the yeah, ceiling and you're talking, about, you're talking about, like, he could, he could crack a generational player. Like, he's that talented. So having said all that, yeah, I mean, he, you know, if I'm the Rangers and I'm sitting there, let's say we won the a draft or whatever, and we're sitting there at one. I, I don't, I know Kako seems like the hot, the hot take. I'm taking Jack Hughes. I am. Yeah, you have to, you have to take Jack Hughes. I, I think that's the point. Yeah, you have to take this kid because you know what? The Devils even posted this on Twitter the other day. How you know you can't base everything on one on on a, a tournament like this. You're talking about no. a kid who's been talked about for the past three years, right? Everyone's talking how good Quinn is. Jack is Quinn, but, like, dialed up to 11 here, okay? This is, like, yeah, basically. if somehow the New Jersey Devils, they're not going to. They are not going to. Let's get this out of the way right now. Capo Caco will be a New York Ranger. Done. End of story. But if somehow, some way, the New Jersey Devils shock the world and pick Capo Caco first, I don't want to see an NYR Twitter meltdown here. You you should be thanking the gods that we the hockey gods blessed us with Jack Hughes if this is what happens because of all the things we've been saying here you're getting a guy that whose ceiling is through the roof now JL before we move on here you know talk a little about little about Kako because we need to talk about our guy you know you've been vocal about this too when we talk about the Rangers here. It would be insane to be upset that we would get Jack Hughes. You've seen this kid play. You and me have watched highlight reels of this kid play all the time. How excited would you be if Hughes fell to number two? Um, let's see. Terribly excited? Uh, yeah. Okay, so I, I just – I never I – never, I don't understand – again, Greg brought up a good point, recency bias. I don't understand why people think this is a bad thing. You know, like I'll, I'll, when 
Russ and I and, and, and Kevin, when we were at the, the Mets game and watching the Mets just absolutely bomb on the field, we were all huddled together watching the draft lottery on Russell's phone. And it was probably the best moment of the night because the excitement that all of us had when we found out the Rangers picked number two was not only because – we knew we were going to get a solid player. But the fact that if one team got one player, we knew we were going to get the other. You know, we've been yammering on and on and on and on and on constantly about getting players who can uh, change a team. And I remember last year, around draft time, I was making a strong case for guys like Zadina and Svechnikov, you know, because we thought that the Rangers were going to go there. Obviously, we know what happened, and we're all pretty much satisfied with who they got with Kratzov. But now that excitement of, oh, my gosh, we're going to get one or the other. I don't understand why people have, uh, you know, mixed feelings about that. Jack Hughes is good. He's very, very good with the hockey. <laughs> okay? <laughs> if Capo Caco goes to the Devils, okay, it sucks because we all kind of wanted him. But sure, I'll take Jack Hughes. That's your number two center for the next ten years. Practically number one once Zibanejad leaves. Is that a problem? No, it's not a problem because then what's going to happen is is Zibanejad's still going to be a good center by the time Jack Hughes fulfills what he needs to fulfill. And now you have Mika Zibanejad and Jack Hughes as number one and two. That's awesome. You, would you rather have Kevin Hayes? Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't understand. These, and, yeah. and you know, the thing is, is that, and, and the, a lot of these people who don't want Jack Hughes also want to re-sign Matt Zuccarello and bring back Kevin Hayes. It's like, why? I love Zook. I loved his time here, but he's done here. Kevin Hayes, he had a good couple of months. Still can't convince me that I want to sign him to another contract where he'll just loaf for the rest of the time. You know, Jack Hughes, good player. Get over it. Yeah, absolutely. And as Greg said to me before when we were talking on Twitter, imagine being upset at drafting Patrick Kane. Okay? <laughs> that's, what, that's exactly what this is. But as a center, and even better. That's exactly yeah. what all of you sound like Jeez, out there. Uh, yeah, that's exactly oh, what this oh, is. Man, we draft Patrick Kane. What terrible, what terrible, what terrible organization. I mean, who, Darn who We suck. Oh, yeah. So now, you know, obviously we're not going to get this guy, as we've been saying. We're getting Capo Caco. And I w- I'd love to talk about this guy because, look, for everything that Hughes is doing, what Capo Caco is doing at the Worlds right now, you know, we can't put too much stock in it, which is true. But when you have him in overtime, literally pushing Ryan Suter to the side like he's a nobody, you know, you, t- you have to take notice of that. His shift in overtime against the Americans when Finland and USA went to overtime was I, – I, I don't – I was like my jaw was – my jaw dropped on the floor when I saw the gift because I was at work. But, my God, seeing what he did to that whole team, shaking off Hughes, shaking off Suter, just – this is a guy, when he has the puck, he doesn't let the puck go. You can't take the puck from him. And I, it's I, – I, I, the Rangers have not had a player like this in – maybe ever at forwards if you like with this kind of ceiling this kind of talent level i it's it's you know jailed I mean, you've seen Cabo Caco play now you know we've seen the highlights we've seen what he's doing at the worlds it's it's one thing when you're beating teams with like non-nhl talent but when you're going up against the usa and you shrug off guys like ryan Suter. That's you need to take notice of that. Now, 
I think this is John Davidson's easiest choice. Easiest, for, easiest first task as NYR president is to take this guy, right? You stand on that stage. It's called Kako's name. Now, we, we, right, like you said, we've all been discussing this for months now. But once he puts on that shirt, once he puts on that jersey, what is this going to mean for the franchise going forward here that we have a player like this? So, again, I'm going to go back to something that I said before. And this was around the time we were doing our draft stuff and whatever. And the one thing that a lot of – if you take a look at a lot of the Stanley Cup winners, they always kind of had a guy, whether it's up on the forward or on the back end. You know, Rangers had Messier in 94, elite player in his own right. The Avalanche, Joe Sackick, Peter Forsberg. You know, you could even look at a team like Carolina in 2006, Rod Brindamore, very underrated in a lot of circles, but Rod Brindamore is arguably one of the best players to ever put on a uniform because he brings something that a lot of players didn't. <clears throat> you look at the Capitals, Ovechkin, Backstrom, Kuznetsov. You look at the Penguins. I'm, I'm, I'm naming things that everybody knows here, but just to prove my point. Crosby, Malkin, even a guy like Kessel. You know, they had guys who were stupid good and incredibly skilled, who were above and beyond guys like Malkin, Crosby, Ovechkin, you know. So what this means, the Rangers haven't had a guy like that in a very long time. I mean, if ever, really, to be honest, you know, outside of Brian Leach, the Rangers haven't had a guy up front like that. We've usually gotten a lot, I want to say retreads because that's not a really nice word to say, but we've kind of had other people's things like, you know, we had Yarmer Yager which I loved Yager, but he wasn't really ours. You know, Marion Gabrick, he wasn't really ours, but he was still really good. So this means Yeah, we, have, we haven't the, drafted our own guy. Yeah. yeah, we haven't picked up our own guy yet that we can go, wow, that's like our guy. And getting a guy like Capo Caco can be that one guy. And the reason why I mentioned Yager is because someone made a comparison uh, to Yager. And as I was watching the Finland-USA game, I'm thinking, wow, that is a really good comparison because he's strong on the puck. He's smart. He knows where to put himself. He's got phenomenal hands to pass. I mean, he's making passes through. I think he had a one play. I forget who it was against. But I was writing up a piece uh, for the site about, you know, how these guys are playing throughout the tournament. And he had a pass that I think the the Finnish player was just couldn't, uh, was, was not skilled enough to deal with how good this pass was. He had... One guy standing in front of the net, and the other guy, he was pretty much just nudging him off. I think this might have been the USA game, actually, if I'm, if I'm thinking correctly now. Um, and he just dished it right to where this guy was. And the only thing was is the guy missed it. It was such a nice pass that it goes overlooked because it didn't go in the back of the net. There's also one player, and I'm not trying to get too crazy with this comparison, but there's one player who I thought was really good off the puck that I used to watch as a kid, and I got to take a look at some highlights to refresh my memory that Capo Caco really reminds me of, and that is Pavel Bure. Pavel Bure was arguably one of the best forwards that was solid, away from the puck. And that is terribly important for when you're trying to get a prospect that can change your franchise. If he can be good off the puck, he's definitely good on the puck. We know that already. And Capo Caco fits that bill. Greg, you talked about it on Twitter. I, you talked about it on Under Review. Capo Caco, right? The Rangers have never had a guy I, like this. What makes you so excited to just see him in blue? Well, I mean, I think I think the Yager comparison in terms of the way he he uses his body to protect the puck is an outstanding comparison. Like, I I, I mean, 
when's the last time you've seen a player, you know, at least in the Ranger uniform, do it, you know, do do that? I mean, he really does use his body, probably, you know, at least you know from Ranger players until not throughout the NHL. But I haven't seen anybody on, in the, on the Rangers do that since Yager. Um, and on top of that, he's just got he's got elite hands. He's got you know he's faster than people think. I know his his skating is definitely one of the weaker parts of his of his game, but everything else he does extremely well. I mean. I, I, I don't want to pry too much, but I mean, it's, it would not shock me if, you know, by year two, year three, he's putting up 80 points. That would not shock me. I mean, like, I think he's that talented of, of a hockey player. He's got incredible ability. I think the Rangers are just blessed. Like, the Rangers are so lucky they're in this two spot because they don't have to do any homework. They can literally just sit back and say, whatever the Devils do, we are literally going to take the second best player who is possibly going to be a franchise player. Is it? I mean, there's there's no, there's no homework to do on this, and Capital Cash yeah. is unbelievable. He he really is. He does. If you watch the one one nice thing I'll tell you about when you watch the all the games at, at the World Championships, you look at the goals he scored. Every single one was in a different fashion. One's on a breakaway. One's from above the you know the circle. One's from down low. One's from um I think I think he actually shot a puck that got deflected too. So he's scoring in like you know scored an empty netter by by pushing the, by pushing the defender away. So like he's just he's showing his versatility on how he's able to create offense. It's not like he's a one-trick pony show. The guy understands hockey. He knows exactly where the play is going to develop, and he knows how to get to the net. And he has no problem going there either. Like he's a he's he's a big dude. He's got strong legs. He's got he's got a strong upper body. He's got a wide ass, and he uses it well. Yeah, and I mean that's what we have to look forward to um, once once the season starts next season. All eyes will be on you know. It, these things write themselves. The Devils get one, we get two. The Hudson River Rivalry is about to get an injection of, oh, man, of talent that we haven't seen in a long time. And now you're going to have these two, Hughes and Kako, their careers are going to be paralleled just miles from each other. It is going to be amazing to see how this develops over the next few years and what kind of players these two really turn into. I mean, it's it's going to be something special for our franchise, and I really cannot wait to get started for next season. We haven't even awarded the Stanley Cup yet this year, but I'm, next season is just going to be absolutely spectacular. Um, think about, uh, think I'm about so the fact excited. You've got guys like Heedle over the last two years. You've got Heedle and – I mean, it's about high, like high-end talent between Heedle and Kravtsov and Kaka. You've got three guys who can't even drink a beer yet, and they have unbelievable high-end potential. Like, the, the exactly. Oh, that Jeff Gordon has done in the last two years, I don't think it's getting enough credit. No, it's absolutely not because look, ever since that letter came out, and you could even go back a little further to when Derek Stepan was traded to the Coyotes, you this, this man has turned this entire like the Rangers were always twenty eighth, twenty ninth in, in prospect pool. Now this team is a virtual lock to have a top three prospect pool in just under two years. Realistically, that's that insane. is that is it's insane. That's insane yeah. where he has done to turn things around here. I mean, selling high on Rick Nash number one was fantastic. Tony D'Angelo is looking like he's going to be a solid NHL defenseman. Leah Sanderson, remember, he's only 20 years old. Give the kid some time. Look how long it took Sean Couturier to put everything together. And now look at how good of a right. player he is. Filipino, 23 points in his rookie year. Oh, that's not that good. Tyler Sagan put up little. Tyler Sagan put up 22 points in his rookie year. So people need to calm down and just let this thing go. There's so much talent on this roster. Vitaly Kravtsov is possibly the best teenager in KHL history, and he's signed, he's coming over here. You have Igor Shesterkin, who put up otherworldly numbers in goal for, um, in the KHL. 
for um for Scott. Ridiculous numbers. And you want to keep going here, you know, you're bringing over Igor Rykov, who's eaten up minutes for his team in the KHL towards the end of his time there. You're bringing over, you know, you have Kako. You have another year of development for guys, even like Lindgren, who you never know what we can have out of him. You know, he looks like he could be a solid guy down the line. You trade for the rights for Adam Fox, and you sign him to this entry-level deal. You bring in all these pieces, and now we get to see what they can do. So, I mean, Jeff Gordon, man, this guy better be in the running for executive of the year one of these next few years because he is really earning his keep here. And it's really spectacular to see what this guy is doing to turn the New York Rangers into perennial Stanley Cup contenders because that's just it. That is the goal here. It's not to do what they did in 94 where you sell off your soul to win one. It's to build the foundation here so we can start winning one, maybe so we can start doing basically what the Blackhawks and Penguins have done. And even the Kings over the past decade is win more than one and win maybe, who knows. But the fact of the matter is you build the foundation, you get that superstar to build around, and you go from there, and that is exactly what they're doing. And for people that are still scared that they may go off board, John Davidson today said that they're going to get a hell of a player. They're gonna, they have to look at what New Jersey does, and then they're going to pick the next one. That's essentially what he said. Chris Drury, yep, when exactly he was interviewed with Darren Dreger on TSN, Dreger asked him flat out, you know, Capo Cago, Jack Hughes, Chris Drury was like, we're going to get a hell of a player. MSG, Bill Pito. The, the storyline that they are pushing right now is that the Rangers are going to get one of them. There is no chance they go off board for the people that are worried about that. It is not going to happen. One of those two will be here. Even if they felt differently, I don't think they would risk it. Like, even, if they, even if they thought that, they just know that the risk reward would be too great. Crazy. Absolutely. And you have, to, you have to go with one of these guys because they are going to be damn good. So... Agreed. It's been it's been a great show this week, Greg. Tell the people about tell our listeners about a little more about under review and what you and Steven have been up to before we uh sign off. So so yeah, so me and Steven, um so we, we became like pretty good Twitter buddies and we chat about a lot of Ranger stuff and whatever and mostly Rangers and kind of Game of Thrones too. Um, even though that's that's all gone. But um, Oh god, we're not yeah, even so, getting into that. Yeah, not so, getting into that now, yeah. boys. Not here. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'll kind of I'll kind of be here for a while for until I get in the room. But um, so yeah, so you know we, we became we became pretty good friends, and so I you know um, I used to have a podcast with uh, with my own buddies, and so um, we stopped doing that. And then you know I talked to Steve, and I was like, you know, why not? I was like, why don't we do one because we kind of have like two different you know kind of like takes on stuff. Like you know you're you have a much more European view of hockey. I have a little bit more of a North American uh, uh, view of hockey. It might take this might be kind of like an interesting show we could put together where. You know, there's two, not with a contrasting views, but kind of two different sides of the take. Like, I think good shows always kind of, you know, do that. They kind of take, like, you know, um, two different sides of, a, of an argument or two different sides of an opinion. They kind of just go full circle. So that's kind of what me and Steve are trying to do, where he's trying to take one side of an opinion, I'm trying to take the other side of an opinion, and, you know, kind of just do a fun hockey show that is slanted, Ranger-related. Um, but, you know, we will probably, you know, next year start doing like a little bit more outside the Rangers, but we're, we're always going to be Ranger focused, but we're going to do um, much more hockey in depth. But yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been a blast. I mean, Steve's a great guy. It's great. And you know, it's great to have more good hockey content, you know, in the Twitter sphere. So, you know, all the best, you know, we wish the best to you guys going forward. I hope you guys are successful on your show. I mean, you know, Greg, thanks for coming on. Like, it's great to talk to guys who just know the game, know the sport, know what's going on, you know, 
So, again, thanks from the bottom of our hearts. Thanks for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it, guys. You guys are great. Thank you for having me on, and um, you guys are awesome. And, you know, anytime you guys want to have me on, like, I'm more than welcome to invite me on. Awesome. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, we, we had a great time. This is a great show. And everybody out there, Capo Kaka will be a New York Ranger on June 21st. And if he's not and we get Jack Hughes, I don't want to see the meltdown. It's going to be awesome either way. Get hyped because we're getting a franchise player in less than a month now. So we'll talk to you guys soon, about one or two weeks like normal. And then after that, it's going to be draft show time. And we're going to be analyzing our picks, analyzing our prospects, going forward into development camp, free agency, and then, and then Traverse City. And before you guys know it, it will be time for training camp and preseason. And then pretty soon it will be opening night and Capo Caca will be skating out to thunderous applause. In October <laughs> on the Garden Ice. Have a good week, everyone. Let's go, Rangers. Thank you once again to Greg for joining us. It's going to be a fun offseason. Enjoy the Stanley Cup final, guys. At Jewelers Mutual, we're a little obsessed with jewelry. Obsessed like auctioneers with talking fast. 50, we're going to Pop stars with auto-tune. And dentists with asking questions. So, how did he propose? After they've put their hands in your mouth. Great. Yes, we've made jewelry our obsession for over 100 years. We love it so much, we named our kids Ruby, Amber, and Opal. Venti soy latte for Opal? At Jewelers Mutual, we insure jewelry and only jewelry. Which is why people who are also obsessed with jewelry trust us with theirs. Run into Old Navy Saturday and Sunday for 50% off all Old Navy active styles for adults and kids. They're all 50% off. But hurry, it's Saturday and Sunday only at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 215 to 216 excludes in-store clearance and baby. Hey, everyone. This is Sharon Waxman. I'm the founder and the editor-in-chief of The Wrap, the premier news source for daily coverage of the entertainment industry. I'm also your host of this new podcast, The Wrap-Up a show that gives you an insider's look at the top stories in Hollywood. Each week, we'll bring you the latest news on the business of movies, TV, streaming, and tech. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you each week on The Wrap-Up. And let's go, Raider Nation. It's me, Evan Grote, host of Just Pod Baby. Join me as I bring you the latest news on your Las Vegas Raiders. On Just Pod Baby, I will give you my thoughts on all things silver and black. And of course, you can expect to receive the best information from top-notch guests. Be sure to listen to Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast, part of the Silver and Black Today media group. The Raiders have moved to Las Vegas, but Raider Nation is worldwide. Hi, Silver and Black Maniacs. I'm Scott Goldbranson, host of Silver and Black Today, the first and only all-Raiders show from the capital of Raider Nation, Las Vegas, Nevada. A-list guests like players and coaches and the best Raiders talk in the land. 
Subscribe and listen today if you just want to win, baby.